Hello, everybody. Welcome to Beyond the Pitch. I'm Christian Jack. I'll start with a little secret, and many of you know I've been very fortunate and blessed to interview hundreds of footballers over the years, and obviously some are better than others. Many of them are great, and sometimes some are really genuinely world-class interviews because they are world-class people. My next guest fits into that category perfectly. I cannot tell you how excited I was to sit down with Atiba Hutchinson, not only one of the greatest men's national team players for Canada ever, but also, in my opinion, one of the greatest sportsmen this country has ever produced. He's a wonderful individual, and as you get to know him over the next half an hour or so, you can just see the humility that comes out. But make no bones about it, he still has some strong opinions about things and really knows the game fascinatingly in a way that you probably haven't heard too many Canadians talk about. After all, he played in this year's UEFA Champions League. He plays with Kyle Lahren, and he's still playing for Canada and could become one of the oldest, that's right, the second oldest outfield player to ever represent any country in the Men's World Cup if Canada get there and he is part of the squad in Qatar 2022. We, of course, talk about that. We also talk about his journey from making his debut in 2003, his journey throughout Europe, all the way through Copenhagen and Holland and many other countries, to now Istanbul, where he has made home since 2013. A special place where fans know if you truly are genuine and get behind you, which they do. Atipa Hutchinson is an icon in Istanbul, and he should be for obviously going on and lifting the double for Besiktas last year as their captain. We talk about that, some of his favorite places to play, a special story about one of the best stadiums he's ever played in, and of course, his links now to this Canadian men's national team as he gets closer to becoming the all-time Caps leader. That's right, just one behind Julian de Guzman, his friend and obviously teammate from the past. It is a big week for Canada as they head out to Edmonton to play games against Costa Rica and Mexico in the World Cup qualifiers, and they and we are all thankful for having Atiba Hutchinson in that squad. He could become the all-time Caps leader in Edmonton, but if you're listening to this after it, it is still a fascinating insight into what Atiba Hutchinson is as a man, as a footballer, as a dad, as a husband, and a friend. I hope you enjoy it. Sit back and enjoy Atiba Hutchinson for the next half an hour, and I'll speak to you afterwards. Atiba, always an absolute pleasure to sit down and talk with you. Thanks so much for joining me, my friend. 2021, how's it going for you and your family? Signed a new deal in Besiktas and playing well with Canada. It must be a, a pleasant time to be a, a 38-year-old superstar right now. <laughs> uh, superstar? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's been, uh, well, first of all, thanks for having me. Um, always nice to you know, sit down and talk with you, but it's been great. It's been great. The The year has been going well. Um, the start of the season, we've, you know, we've got off to a good start with both Besiktas and, and the national team. Um, I'm still happy to be, you know, doing what I love most, being on the pitch with, you know, with the guys, um, uh, enjoying my, my football and just, you know, expressing myself. But um, all in all, it's been great. Have um a little bit of uh, a, a, like a, a period where it hasn't been going well with the team the last two or three games in the league, but due to injuries and that, we'll, we'll be fine. We've got a good squad, so we just have to get through this this phase uh, with Besiktas and we'll be good again. But um, yeah, everything's going well. You guys, I mean, football moves pretty quickly, but you guys are the double champions. It's not that long ago you were lifting trophies in the same week as the as the double champions in Turkey. So it's been an amazing year for you that led you to the Champions League. I know you missed yeah. match day two with a little bit of a niggle. Many of you guys did, including Kyle Lahren. But what was match day one like to go out there and, and host Dortmund and play in the UEFA Champions League, hearing that anthem and 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 just look down and think we've made it to the to the to the upper echelon of European football. 
it was amazing, amazing, especially with everything that had gone on over the last year and a half due to the pandemic. Um, and just, uh, you know, it's it's been a few years since Besiktas played in the Champions League. So with all of that combined and to get our chance to, to play in front of fans again um, at the highest, you know, level, it was it was special, you know. The build up towards that game was was amazing. We knew about you know the the fans turning out, and they were already doing well in in just the regular league games, you know, making a lot of noise in the stadium. So we knew that you know when Champions League that game came around, it was gonna be gonna be electric. So um, that game was amazing. Uh, the stadium was like buzzing, and it was a good game. Fortunately, unfortunately, we didn't you know we didn't get a result in that game but a great game a great you know start to to the champions league um and yeah nothing you know we uh we could have asked for more than not wonderful to watch you i'll tell anybody who ever wants to listen to me and this i'm not sure how many people do but anytime i can watch you my friend i'm watching you but i'm not gonna lie i also watched jude bellingham a lot in that game as well because he was in midfield with you what was it like to play alongside a player like that and i know that i'm not going to get into the age discrepancy because it's not worth it but the difference between you and him of course but the midfield battle with him that was must have been pretty special to play against what looks like it's be an absolute star of a player yeah, I mean, uh, he's got the brightest future, you know, ahead of him. Um, a player that's so mature and uh, it seems like he's been playing the game for years on, on end, you know, and uh, just to see he, the way he moves on the pitch, you know, uh, just, you know, gracefully, you know, in and out and finding the right positions and reading the game well, doing the work both ways. Um, you know, I knew quite a bit about him, watching him a lot in the in the Euros, uh, the chance that he got to play and, um just yeah he's he's you know a real competitor um and very early to see the you know the progress that he's he's made um and i think he's got a, an amazing you know future ahead of him like i said and uh it was great to you know play against him you mentioned the fans and of course you and i have spoke many times about what a wonderful place it is to play not only in turkey but istanbul as well can you give our listeners and viewers a little bit of an insight into what it's like to be there and also i know you're modest but what's it like to be atiba hutchinson when you walk the streets do you get recognized you need to have a is there lots of you know bothering of your family autograph hunters what's that like my friend uh well yeah first of all like i mean just playing in turkey is there's not many i don't think there's many countries in the world that that have that kind of you know that passion and Oh, well, maybe there's a lot of countries that have that passion, but the atmospheres that you get in the stadium and just, you know, the the level of, of loudness that you get is it's crazy. I haven't really seen it anywhere else. Maybe in one or two games, like playing with, with the national team down in, you know, Central America, Honduras had a, a great atmosphere as well. Not an easy place to, to go and play by all means. But um, yeah, Turkey is, it's, it's something crazy with, with how loud they get in the stadium and, it's got to be very difficult for the bigger games when when the away teams come in our stadium because the fans are just whistling for 90 minutes every time they're on the ball. Um, so you really have that like that real home, that's that sense of like you know home field advantage. You know the 12th man. Um, so yeah, it's been it's been great for me to to play here. And uh, you know the question you ask about how how I am here and you know I mean they appreciate me a lot. You know a lot of. A lot of the fans, they, they come up to me on, on the streets, you know, chatting a little bit, taking pictures. And for me, it's fine because it's never like overboard. Um, and the good thing about it is I get, you know, the appreciation from all the fans, not just the, the Besiktas fans, because they know me as a person, uh, you know, I'm very, you know, humble guy. And 
um, family guy. And I don't really go out there and make any troubles with, you know, the away supporters or anything like that. So um, for me, the, the love and the respect I get here is, is very, um, I'm very, I'm very grateful for it. And you've been there a number of years now. And I think it's fair to say when you went there, I'm sure you had high hopes, but exceeding expectations, I'm sure is pretty much an understatement. No, the fact that you and your family have just taken it in and it's become a home and you've, you know, your children there. It's just, it must've been everything and more one that I can say you deserve, but you surely must've dreamed of. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they didn't know much about me at all. Nobody really heard of me. I, I didn't. Ha- I didn't have a name before coming into Turkey, and uh, I started off well here. You know, I I won the fans for my first you know couple games. Actually, my first game was uh, you know one of our derby games that we played here and had a good performance. I, I was told you know when you play in Turkey, if you you know you show everything, give a hundred and ten percent, you know your work ethic, it goes a long way, and that's how you get into the fans. And for me, I was like, well, that's that's my, my game. You know, I don't really kind of, I don't cut corners. I, I give everything I have. I, I work my hardest for myself, for the team. So um, yeah, it was, it was a good start for me. And uh, I raised my, my kids here, all my kids born here. My wife loves it here. So it's, it's kind of like a home away from home. Uh, I've been here for, yeah, like you said, my ninth season now. So it's been a while, but it's, it's gone by really quickly. Um, so I've really enjoyed all of it. Yeah. I'm so happy that it's worked out for you. You mentioned it there. You don't cut corners, and I think that's physically and and mentally. Um, you know, you are thirty eight years old, and I think sometimes people forget that. When I watch you play, there aren't many people who do what you do in this sport in the world at your age, let alone playing and captaining the double team, playing in the UEFA Champions League. Maybe for some of those younger players, and I know we get a lot of Canadian Premier League fans and players listening to this show. What is it that you that you do off the pitch that helps you on the pitch to stay? Uh, such at a prime level physically uh, every day to go out there and compete at this age? Well, I mean, there's, there's a number of things, but for me, it's always been about, you know, just taking care of my body. Uh, I listen to my body a lot. You know, if I have like any kind of, you know, niggles here and there, I, I, I got to try to fix that as, as soon as possible. And, make sure I'm not going out onto the pitch and, and dealing with that pain. Cause when I'm, you know, I'm playing with pain, I don't feel free. I don't feel comfortable. So that's the first thing I do. I make sure I put in a lot of work, like before training to make sure I feel good in the session. And then after training, I, I got to do what I need to do to be ready for the next day. So a lot of time and, and effort is, is put into my body, especially over the last yeah four or five years as I've been getting up there in age. And um, I'm always a player that's, you know, my condition has always been good and I've, I've made sure to, to work a lot at, the, at that since a young age. Mm. So I have it in me and I, I, I got to make sure that I feel good and feel fit um, when I'm going out there onto the pitch. So if I'm not feeling good, I have to do a little bit more work than, you know, then I'll do that. Um, but that's important. And also just having that understanding with, well, me with the coaching staff and, you know, when the body's not feeling right or I need to, pull it back a little bit uh having that you know that that conversation with them where i can say look it's, it's time for me to take a little bit of rest and then i'll do that so it's it's a mix of a lot of different things uh you know nutrition as well eating right um that's important for me as well so yeah that's it in a in a nutshell fascinating stuff do you allow, do you allow yourself any cheat days mate like do you have a cheat food you can have on a, a day yeah what, what what's the luxury treat treat day that you have or? yeah i'll go for a pizza every once in a while nice uh, yeah after maybe after a game or something like that just to like let loose a little bit but uh yeah i try to kind of stay um 
you know, as focused as I can, but I definitely have days where I'll, where I'll eat what I want and, and, you know, take That's, care of myself. Well, I mean, if you cut, if you're covering 13 K on a pitch, I think you're allowed to eat a pizza every now and again. <laughs> Just, <laughs> I think that's what more, more, more than fair. Um, yeah. Let, let's talk about your, your rise to Turkey. And obviously, you know, you and I have spoke about this many times, but you know, Growing up in Canada, in Brampton, getting the opportunity to go to Europe and then eventually get your, ch- your chance in, in Scandinavia. Um, I think it's important, as I said before, because a lot of people listen to this, but during that ride, my friend, you've had a lot of people turn around and say things that you didn't necessarily agree with, right? Like it's not always been people saying, oh, here comes Atiba, let's take him on. Many people uh, many times have, have, have fueled you to prove them wrong. Is that right? It's happened a number of times. Um... And that's always something that's really, you know, motivated me to try to go out there and, and prove people wrong. Because, you know, when you have that that trust in yourself, that belief in yourself and you know what you can do, then uh, nobody can really, you know, put you down or tell you that you can't do this or you can't make it here. Um, I always, you know, I wanted to get to a certain level. Uh, I always wanted to play in Europe. And from, you know, from elementary school, I remember, you know, teachers would tell me that, that that's not going to happen, you know, like you can't be dreaming of, of playing professional, but I, I thought I could do it, you know, I, I, I knew my abilities, I didn't know what was out there at my age, I didn't know how good I was compared to other kids around my, my age and around the world, so I just knew I had to work hard and, and, and you know, prove other people wrong, uh, but, but mainly about myself, just doing what I wanted to do and, and setting my goals and just, you know, trying to go out there and reach them. Uh, that's always been you know, the biggest focus for me. And obviously your career has spanned, you know, a number of decades now, a couple of decades since you really started. But how has the game changed since you started playing at the highest level? Because it no doubt has, right? Quicker transitions and pace. I don't want to put words in your mouth. I'd love to hear you say it, but how has the game changed now? And I always love to talk to midfielders about this because I think you guys are the smartest players on the pitch. Midfielders read the game better than anybody else. I'm a little bit like what Guardiola always said, if you could play 11 midfielders on the pitch, I would I would, I would, I would like to watch that. But what, what have you noticed, Atiba, at the highest level of how it's changed since, since you started playing in Europe? Yeah, the game is... Like you said, it's just, it's a lot quicker, you know, it's a lot quicker there. You don't have as much time as you had on the ball. you got to react, play quick, think quick, you know, see the game. Positioning is so important now. Um, Tactically teams, like there's not many teams that you can go up against now and see that they're not, you know, organized tactically. Um, It's hard to break teams down now and you got to do it smartly. You know, Um, even the bigger teams playing against the smallest teams in, in the league or, you know, with national teams now, you see that the levels are, the, the gaps are not as big as they used to be anymore because teams are a lot more tactically aware. So, yeah, the game's gotten a lot faster. Uh, you don't see many individuals that that stick out like they would if they were, you know, years years back where they right. had the technique and you got you to gotta fit into the, the way of the game now, you know, and, and it's changed so much. Uh, it's just a lot more faster, physical, um, and, and more tactics as well. And I think Canada has certainly evolved with that too in terms of their tactical versatility that you're doing. What's it like playing in central midfield with Stefan Because he looks like he's like the perfect modern-day midfielder. Yes, yes, yes. Very good. Very good player. Um, I said it a couple of times before. Uh, he's, he's very mature. Uh, he reads the game very well, covers a lot of ground. And he's that that player that you need in, in the midfield, especially in, in today's football, you know, to break up a lot of, you know, of the attack of, from the opposing team and, and keeping your team in possession, reading the game, being in the right position, 
uh, very vocal. Um, he's definitely a, a player that's important for, for the national team at the moment. And I think he'll have a great career and, and he'll bring a lot to the team for sure. Let's talk a little bit about the national team, Atiba. You started playing for them. I think your debut was 2003, January, I think, maybe Florida against the U.S. Is that right? Exactly. Yeah. 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 So back then, 2003, um, by the way, Ronaldo was still playing at Sporting and Messi had never kicked the ball for Barcelona's first team by then. So you, 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 your squad, you're still going, my friend. That's a pretty amazing still going, yeah. Yeah. That's That's fantastic. But is there any comparables? Can you describe the contrasting differences between what Canada was like to play for then to what they are to play like now? Yeah, it's 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 a lot different, you know. The, as I said before, the game has changed so much. Um, but not only that, I think you've got just players in so many different positions now that are are playing at a very high level, you know, and and understand the game now. Um, there's not much difference with you know when we go into the games, we don't feel like there's a difference with any team that we're we're playing against right now. Of course, we haven't played against the the biggest countries you know in the world, but especially in in Concacaf, like. The matchups are not much different anymore, um, and that's a good feeling to have, you know. Um, and like I said, we're a lot more, you know, tactically, you know, aware of what's what's going on, what needs to be done. Um, we're we're very solid defensively, you know. Before we would give up, you know, relatively easy easy goals, and it's hard to break us down now. Um, and that's important in in today's football. You know, you need to go into those games knowing how strong you'll be defensively, um, and then you know, in attack. You know, players go out there and play with, you know, they express themselves. They play with, you know, freedom and uh, joy. You know, you, you need to have that. And we've got a lot of players in attack that can make things happen. So um, we've got a great combination in, in the team right now. A lot of fluidity and obviously, like, we've got a very strong brotherhood. Yeah, so you, you can it's, tell it's real, right? The brotherhood's real. You can you can absolutely yeah. tell that. You talk about playing with a smile on your face. What about the mentality, Atiba? It, it appears, and again, without putting words in your mouth, but for many years, Canada had this hope that oh, we'll cross the line. It might go our way today. It might not. Now it feels like you're crossing the line believing that it will. And that's very different. Is it not the will of knowing that something you can, you're in control of it rather than hoping? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're, you're saying the right words there because I remember just going into games and it was just like hoping that we can go out there and get a result. And and now you, I have that feeling similar to how I would have it like with, with the teams that I've done well with here in Europe where you know like if things go your way, you get your, your goal early that you know you've got control of that game and, and you're getting three points in the bag. So it's a different mentality now in, in the way we approach games for sure. Um, so it's not really about hoping. It's just like, you know, like having the right mindset to know that we can go out there and, and get, you know, three points in, in most of the games we play. So that's a great feeling for sure. And you talk about getting that goal early. That's exactly what you did against Al Salvador yeah. at home at BMO Field. Um, you don't get many goals for the national team. I think, what is it, eight or so maybe? But hey, yeah. there you go. So, but that must have been pretty special, no? To, to score with fans back in the stadium and then this whole new season upon us with the World Cup qualifiers. What was that like? It was special. It was special for sure because, uh, yeah, like you said, the fans coming back and uh, me, you know, playing for the first time in a long time. Well, we played the Honduras game, but um, just to be back with the national team, I hadn't played in in a long time uh, in Toronto. So, you know, I said it before, I had my, my family, my friends there. And it was just, yeah, it was just special. You know, I didn't really 
kind of picture scoring in that game. I was really just focused on us getting three points because that game was a really important game and the whole uh, the whole process. But yeah, it was amazing to to score in Toronto in front of you know our, our fans, our home fans. Great feeling for sure. What's the group like, Atiba? Because it's obviously seems really tight in terms of how connected you are not tight in terms of you know being nervous about it it feels the opposite of that but you know you're a leader amongst this group um but it feels like there's a lot of other leaders in there as well what what do you notice as being one of the senior leaders on the squad to see how it manages itself because it cannot just simply be managed by coaches can it yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like you said, there's there's a number of leaders out there, um, and and that's important. You know, everybody has their input on on what's going on, what they see. Um, we we speak a lot, you know, on and off the pitch, and um, you know, there's no clicks in the team. So that's some that's 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 very important in, in today's football to have those those kind of relationships. Um, but for sure, you know, we're very vocal with each other. Uh, we coach each other a lot. Um, you know, and, and John, that's what, you know, John, you know, he, he really stresses a lot that we have people, you know, being, expressing themselves and, and that's what we do. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's the start of something really good. You're one of the kindest, most humble footballers I think I've ever interviewed. And I bring that up because what's it like when you're in a dressing room, when you're trying to be the collective and you're always thinking about other people, the team, because you're not someone who'll ever really think about yourself, but you know, I'm sure you've had them teammate over there in the corner or this teammate there isn't necessarily that way. What's that like to try and combat that? And how does that make you appreciate the group now with Canada when it seemingly isn't like that? And it's not me, it's we. Yeah, I think, uh, well, for us, we, we kind of know, everybody knows like what the whole yeah, mindset, what the goal is, uh, we're all in it together, you know, so there's not anybody thinking about themselves or, or any individuals. Um, and that's, you know, it's, it's important to have that in a team. So there's not much that needs to be done. Um, but of course there's, there's times where in teams where you kind of see that and it's, it's not always easy to, to bring everybody into the team because some people have their own agendas and, and want to do their own thing. But, um, yeah, I just try to talk as, as much as I as I can or or get others to to speak. And you know, sometimes you might have certain players that are closer with it could be that one individual or other individuals, and you just try to get everybody on the same page and just understand that, you know, we're all in it for the same reasons and, and we have to do it collectively. You don't win anything in, in sports uh as individuals doing it on your own. Yeah, well said. As an individual, though, you are closing in on Julian's all-time cap record. We're not sure what game it will be because uh, of your availability, and, and there's never any assurances of ever playing. You know, I don't need me to me to tell you that. But have you allowed yourself to think about that? What would that mean to you to pass somebody like Julian, who I know is a friend? Yeah, Jules is a, a very close friend of mine. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm getting a little bit closer. It was never something that I was really thinking about, but I mean. Now it's, it's just, I think, one game or something like that. So, I mean, if it happens, it happens. Uh, I'm, I'm happy for, you know, the career that Jules has had and, and what he's done for the national team. He's, you know, always been a big brother to me. Uh, with under 20s, I came in and he kind of took me under his wings and, you know, we've been tight ever since. So, um, for me, I'm not really, you know, focused on that or, or stressing or on something like that. I could really care less I'm, I'm very happy for like I said what he's done um I'm more about what's what's going on with the national team and you know how much uh potential there is in the team and and in any way that I can help out I'll, I'll try to do my most to, to be there 
I love it. It's just, I, I expected that kind of answer from you, but I had to ask that question. <laughs> I, I knew it. Let's set it on the team then, because it is, this Qatar 2022 journey is no longer just about the journey, a belief that it might happen, a pipe dream. Players have told me there's just this absolute firm belief that this is going to happen. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the, I mean, those are the thoughts that are in everybody's hype head. So it'd be, um, it'd be a huge disappointment for it, for it not to happen because not only is the, the belief there, we, we really have the quality and, uh, the depth to to make it happen, um, but obviously it's you know it's still a long a long road. We got to take it one step ahead, uh, one step at a time. Sorry, not look too far ahead. Um, every game is important, and we'll do the right things in in each game, and not look at the you know the second or the third game from from then on. So um, just keep doing what we've been doing, you know, staying focused, and uh, hopefully things will work out in in our favor. I've told you this before, but it would be an absolute career highlight for me if I was to see you on a on, in a World Cup, my friend. <laughs> that would be. Uh, uh, by the way, only Roger Miller would be older than you to ever play in a World Cup. If you ever get there, the the, the great Cameroonian, great the, uh, as an outfield player, uh, without getting too far ahead of us, um, yeah. no, no, no question about it. That would be pretty pretty special. Um, Canada in 2021. I know you don't live here right now, but you get a sense of where we are around this sport. No, like women win the gold you guys of what you're doing collectively the launch of the canadian premier league there's so much excitement around it obviously tejon buchanan's move and jonathan david alfonso davis what the girls are doing with in, in over there as well um this must mean mean for you that one fills you with tremendous pride but are you getting more questions now is the reputation of canadian soccer in europe being very different i'm sure when you first went there you were like, people like canada can't Canadians play soccer and now I'm sure you're not getting that question as much exactly yeah no it's it's changed completely and I mean I'm so happy to see it you know without anything major happening for the men's program at least and and to see like the the narrative has just changed completely on on what people think of of Canada you know Um, and results that's that's what's um, really pushing it along you know We're, we're finally starting to get the results in in bigger games and, and also the smaller games, you know, where you're not supposed to be dropping points. We're not doing that anymore. So, um, yeah, it's, it's good to see just being on the streets in, in Canada. Last time I was there, you know, people knew that we were in town where, you know, before that was never even spoken about the, you know, you meet somebody and you tell them you're there for, for a game. You'd be, they'd be like, yeah, it's Canada playing. Like now it's, it's, People know, and they're coming up to you on the streets and taking some pictures, which never happened. So mm. um, it's definitely there. The interest is there. The talk is there. Um, and obviously, we're, we're very happy about what's what's going on. And we want to see more. We want more. Uh, we want more success. And we'll just keep pushing for that. Have you built a succession plan for yourself post-career yet that thinks about what you can do with Canadian soccer? Or is that just still too far ahead in your mind? Uh, yeah, I've always thought of, of giving back some way, you know, with the program uh, or just at, at any level with, with the youth, the youth uh, system, uh, some way that I can you know, be involved uh, at what point. I don't know, but I would like to you know, definitely give back and kind of shed my, my light and uh, my experiences that I have uh, out here in Europe and, and just help the, the system kind of go on from there. A couple more before I let you go. And again, thanks so much for your time. What does it mean now for young Canadians that have 
obviously a more advanced League One and particularly Canadian Premier League that gives these young Canadians an opportunity for a professional environment to play consistently. Something I'm sure when you were younger that, you know, your players would, your age groups would have, would have loved to have. Yeah. I mean, when you're younger, that's, that's something you really, you really kind of strive for, you know, and, and back then there, there was none of that. So uh, players are hungry to, you know, to play professionally and, you know, their own domestic leagues, you don't have to look too far and, uh, you know, it'd be a great level to go out there and, and learn and, and to take your game to another level. So um, it's exciting. It's, it's finally, you know, turning around. Um, like I said before, like that's what needed to happen in, in Canada from years ago. So um, it's going to get better and better. Uh, it's going to make the country, you know, uh, appreciate the game more and, and have more love for the game. And uh, yeah, the youth have something to look forward to. So that's, it's special. It's really exciting. Atiba, before I let you go, I've just got a few quick rapid fire, quick questions for you that you maybe you want to answer and I'll have some fun with. And hey, if you don't know any of them answers to questions, it's totally fine. Um, what's your favorite goal or what goal do you think about that you scored more than anything else? Well, it would probably be probably my first Champions League goal against Celtic. It was a special one. I mean, Grew up uh, watching Champions League uh, from a very young age, and, and to score a goal in Champions League, Champions League was was amazing. Love that, love that. Uh, favorite ground or stateless slash stadium you you've ever played at? Old Trafford. Really? Favorite team? Up, yeah. Yeah. What was that experience like? Uh, Ninety minutes felt like ten. <laughs> it went by so fast. I couldn't like. It was just you couldn't get a hold of it. You know, you just I I. I I mean, I couldn't even, I didn't know what the score was. I was just so focused on having fun and, I mean, just enjoying the moment. And, yeah, we ended up losing that game 3 nothing. But for me, it was like, it uh, didn't matter what the score was. I was just happy to be out there on that pitch. And, like I said, it was the quickest 90 minutes of my life. What a great story. You you were, I mean, say, say what you can about this, but you were very close to going to the Premier League a couple of times in your career, no? There was always some interest, yeah. There was interest. Not any real concrete uh, offers or anything, but... I had the chance to go to to West Ham with uh, with Slavon Bilic after he, he coached me here in Besiktas and went over there. Uh, so that was yeah, pretty pretty. I'm actually lying. There was a concrete offer, but yeah, he just wanted to keep me here, and uh, obviously I was happy to you know to stay here. So um, yeah, that would be the the closest to going there. I was awesome. then 32, 33. Yeah. Right. I think you made the right decision. I mean, you're a legend now where you are, so that's pretty special yeah. to be. Um, is I know you played in a ton, but is there a stadium that you'd love to play in that you haven't played in yet? Uh, probably Camp Nou. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Sure. Good one. Um, answer this question however you want. Favorite or best teammate? Ooh, Ian. Ian Hume. Grew up playing with him from... How old was I? seven or eight, eight years old. And uh, I played with the youth national teams all the way through uh, to the men's team and always was my roommate. And we we're just, we we're very, very tight. Uh, so that's my, that's my guy. Brilliant answer. He's now my teammate, by the way. He, he, sits, on, he, right, sits, yeah. <laughs> he sits on the couch with me. And met, one of the many things I love about Humi is um, he is just exactly what you see is what you get. Right. That's true. That is true. Exactly. And that's my kind of guy. No side to them. You read them, say what you want, just get it out. And I love that. And he's so genuinely kind as well. What a great guy. That's great. Love that. That's great. Amazing uh, guy. 
Um, answer this one as well, however you want. Favorite or best opponent you've ever come across? Hmm. Best opponent would be Ronaldo. Played against Ronaldo, so there you go. I don't have to really explain who he is or what he does. <laughs> Doesn't get any better than that. What, what was that? What was that like? Uh, amazing. I mean, um, he came on my side a couple of times. I played right back. I played against him three times. I played as a right back with the national team. He came on my side. That was when he was just coming through. And I mean, with all the trickery and everything. And then one time when he was with United, and it was more of a you know, a, a polished player with, with goal scoring in that. And uh, just great, great, great experience to play against him. Is the one game that you find yourself thinking about more than anything else you've ever played in? Yeah, it's Honduras, playing Honduras. Uh, not in a good way, for sure. But, I mean, took a lot of things from that that, you know, you can learn from and uh, keep that in mind to try to better yourselves. Interesting. Uh, as an individual, as a team. Interesting. What about the, the trophies that you've won? One trophy that you'll always uh, think highly of than, than any other? Probably my last championship um, a few months back. Uh, at Winning it at the age of 38. Um, my first time as a, as a captain from the start of the season. And uh, just to win it in the fashion that we did on the last day when we probably should have won it a few weeks earlier and, and kind of let that slip and then kind of regained it back on the last day and, and won it same amount of points, but won it by one goal is, uh, I mean, you don't see that often. So for sure, special trophy. Explain to those of us who'll never experience it, Tipa, what that's like to lift a trophy with a group of men that you've been working with for nine months for that one goal. That moment you lift that trophy above your head, what's that feeling like? It's hard to, hard to describe because um, there's just so much that goes into it. You know, you're with the same group of guys, like you say, from the start of the season, day in, day out. You know, you have ups and downs and um, everybody wants the same thing, uh, especially when you know that you have a good enough team to do it and, and the belief is there. And there could be moments when you think it's gone um, and then, you know, you stress over it like crazy. And then to actually, you know, get it at the end of the, the season and to do it all together, it's... Uh, it's, it's hard to describe. It's, it's, it's an amazing feeling. And uh, it's something that, you know, um, uh, you, you, you work all your, your life for, really. Interesting. Quick, uh, last couple more quick fire ones for you. Um, you're not allowed to say Istanbul and you're not allowed to say Toronto. Favorite other city that you've visited during your career? Visited or lived in? Uh, any, either one. Visited or lived in, you can say that if you want. Okay. Um, ooh, Copenhagen. Copenhagen. Love that place. Yeah. Great answer. Um, favorite other sport other than soccer? Basketball. Basketball. You, you still connect with the Raptors? You still able to follow them over there or what? I do. I do. I'm always watching their games. Um, I have the NBA League Pass, so I follow a lot of their games. Brilliant. Um, what's the show that the wife makes you watch or that you love to watch to just get away from soccer? Um, the last one was Money Heist. Okay. Good. Yeah. That's a good recommendation for me. I'll keep an eye on that one. Um, and then you mentioned it earlier. You like to go for pizza. Do you have a favorite pizza that you like to eat? What's your, what's your favorite pizza? The classic margarita from uh, the days when I was young and traveling and, and training with teams in, in Italy. Um, I just love the, the authentic uh, margarita. Good answer. Uh, last one for you. What would it mean to Atiba Hutchinson and his family to make it to Qatar 2022? 
uh, would mean the world. I would, I mean, that would complete my journey as a footballer. Very well said. And what a journey it has been. And I appreciate spending some time with you today to talk a little bit about it. You are a true Canadian sport icon, my friend. And no, you won't say that, but anybody who ever talks about Canadian sport over here with real legends, they need to stop putting your name in it more often because of what you've accomplished. We cannot thank you enough for flying the Canadian flag for your unbelievable achievements that you continue to do. And I know that you're far from done. This Canadian squad's going to be a big part going forward when you're in it and also what you're going to continue to achieve in the sport. I can't wait to continue to see that thanks so much for your time and uh, much love to you and your family over there all right thank you very much thank you very much appreciate it i cannot thank atiba hutchinson enough for that time you can just feel the warmth can't you from what he is as an individual a special man no doubt about it who deserves all the accolades and i can't thank him enough again for joining me and you to tell some of his stories i love how he talked about through the adversity and how he's come through the refusals the motivation that he's got there he is as i said off the top undoubtedly one of the greatest players this country has ever produced but was not always seen that way and has been turned down by many people in the past to help motivate and fuel him through what has become an incredibly successful career. Fascinating also to hear him talk about how the game has changed so much during that time. He's really been at the height of his profession for nearly two decades now and a remarkable achievement to still see him dominating midfields and playing in the elegant manner that he does at 38 years old in the premier competition in the world, the UEFA Champions League. And he gets to represent Canada again in Edmonton and beyond. So I hope you'll always enjoy and appreciate him putting on the red white of Canada going forward. My guest again was Atiba Hutchinson and I can't thank him enough and I can't thank you enough for spending this time with us. Enjoy the games live on Sportsnet and One Soccer Canada trying to quest, make the quest towards Qatar 2022. It's special. Get behind it. Again, thanks to Atiba and if you've missed any of the other episodes, many other of the Canadian men's national team have sat down with me over the last couple of months on Beyond the Pitch and you can check them out right here on the Canadian Premier League Newsroom Podcast or on the Canadian Premier League YouTube channel, whichever is your preference. Take care of everybody and looking forward to the games enjoy them take care of yourself god bless and we'll see you soon